0: Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, probably paying attention to golf folks, Mr. Andy Molitor. From a nice house. He's not in Timmy Hortons. And joining us for the first time as a guest on the show, mm-hmm. Mr. Rick Camp. You might know him as the host of the I'm Fat podcast. He also is the producer mm-hmm. for You Better You Bet. And is a co-writer with me, an employee, uh, I guess a co-worker, if you will, at 4 for 4. So out there doing a lot of things. Wanted to bring Rick in to talk some NBA, more specifically player props. We haven't had anybody on to talk player props yet, Andy. Are you excited to uh, pick at somebody a little bit on something that I don't think either one of us do quite a lot of?
1: Uh, I beg to differ. Remember my my Moses Brown shit that I went on. <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's true. Like, you dabble, you dabble more <laughs> than I do. That's like, well, I d- I dabbled one day and it just worked out really, really well. So, <laughs> no, uh, and yeah, we, we joked and I asked a couple people about the like, man, did the play in games suck? And truthfully, I've seen somebody tweet this out. He's like, you know, enjoy this because if they continue to do the play in games, like the the odds of having a super team tank that bad due to injuries and just bad luck and end up in one of these again you're not going to have a team like the lakers in a play-in game all that often so it was i guess it was cool cherish it it was a really fun game i enjoyed it great ending uh i would have been better ending if it were the other team making a late three to win but still noops got inside the number with the any number you want to think everybody covered any, well, anybody who got inside the number got, mm-hmm. got on it there. And uh, we got two more days of now we have uh, do or dies for the eight seeds. So you will have, I mean, these are, fuck it, let's just call it game sevens. Let's call it game sevens because that's kind of what they are. And it's, it's that that part's more exciting to me, like the actual do or die, get into the eight seeds sort of thing. So these will be fun. And then Saturday, four series start. So really uh, ramping up here as we get towards it happening
0: so Rick how you doing did you enjoy the game last night what did you have for action
2: I I loved the game it it was fantastic I I think what's getting lost maybe is just how good Draymond Green was that entire game I mean how many times did he get caught where he was basically having to guard two guys at once and he did it just fine even got a few steals off of it so like the pure basketball nerd in me was all for that I did I did pretty well. I mean, I had the, I got the Lakers at at four and a half. So I did have that, which wasn't great, but I had Dennis Schroeder under 22 and a half points, rebounds, assists, you know, just figuring he was going to have the Steph Curry assignment. And then with how much usage LeBron sucks up in the playoffs, there just wasn't going to be quite as much opportunity. Obviously him getting pulled down the stretch for Alex Caruso was wonderful for me because he was (laughs) sitting at at 20 uh, points, rebounds and assists. So that was my main one, and then uh, of course I'm forgetting my other. Oh, I also had LeBron over eight and a half assists, so that was kind of correlated there. And those two came through just fine, so I was good on my props and missed on my side. It's been it's been a rough end of the season and start to uh, the play-ins here, but once we start to really get into the nitty-gritty of these series and figure out rotations, and I'm sure a lot of these props are going to be pretty sharp. But I, I mean, I, I that's like where I I like to think I can thrive because I love looking at just. x's and o's that type of thing and then correlating that to how it affects props
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense and you mentioned a lot about lebron soaking up usage so is that an angle you're going to continue to look at for the postseason i mean how extreme does something like that get um you know and and i guess how 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 do you react to that
2: yeah i I probably will it it all depends obviously it all depends on how the line where the lines are set uh if he ever gets above like as an assist number for sake of argument, 10 and a half assists. That's probably where I start to balk a little bit, but if we're at eight and a half, if we're at nine and a half, even in a series against the Suns, where even though the Suns have played a little higher scoring games lately, it's probably going to be pretty slow. Then with the possessions being down, I'm at least going to attack, I'm going to try and attack LeBron usage in some way, shape or form more nights whether it's directly with him or how it affects other guys especially now that we have like a set matchup for them against the suns
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense so just as a general processing then how do you attack player props are you someone that has you know kind of a big data heavy model you go through and look at averages and things like that like you said you like x's and o's is it more kind of matchup based for you you know could you maybe let us behind the curtain a little bit
2: yeah uh I am not smart enough and to tell model. us all your secrets Well, there's quite frankly not that many like uh Andy <laughs> I listened to the I forget how long ago it was when uh you and whale did a pod just about modeling and just like especially for football just starting from the basics and I was like you guys did a great job explaining it and it was so far over my head I'm like I'm just not that I'm not that smart to be able to do that but what what I like to do is I, I kind of just go over everything in general, just my first thought, and then I'll dig deeper from there. So I just like to – I use cleaning the glass a lot uh, when it comes to player props and when it comes to shooting, where guys shoot from, especially like with three-point props. I feel like I've done pretty decent at those. Because of not just looking at who's taking threes, who allows threes, but where are they taking or shooting them from? So as an example, for most of the year, the Charlotte Hornets, they've been allowing a bunch of threes in general, but through the all-star break and a little bit past, they were allowing the most corner threes by a country mile. And then as we got down the stretch, that actually shifted and they were covering that up a little bit, but allowing more above the break threes. So you look at who on their opponent is going to be taking most of those opportunities and then match that up with whatever the prop is and try and uh, find some value there. And then just, I think as much as anything, I don't know if enough people look at what the opponent allows versus what the team tries to do, because the offense, of course, is starting the action. But I think that second move, there's so many things you can do off of whatever the set play is that a lot of times what a team allows, even if you're not doing a ton of scouting, uh, you know, day in and day out, especially in this regular season, where there's like no practice time. I think that allows for those opportunities. So I'm looking at what teams allow certain stats to certain players. And then I try and go back and look at game logs as just some sort of uh, cursory way to see how a player is doing recently or over a certain stretch. So I would do that a lot of times to find the context of, since X player has been out, how has that affected this guy's rebounding? This guy's scoring. So I'm trying to think of a good example of that has been like Indiana Pacers, since uh Miles Turner's been out, and how that affects Sabonis, and how that affects other guys, like O'Shea said is someone that no one had ever heard of because he was a 10-day guy, and now he's starting and he has a pretty solid role for them. So there's, it's not a true defined process. I'm obviously also looking at totals and how that affects certain players as well. But when I do the totals, I'm not using cleaning the glass because you don't need the garbage time filter because a lot of times you need that full game total regardless.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I like cleaning the glass for the playoffs, but regular mm-hmm. season, I don't like taking the garbage time out because what is regular season but garbage time for a lot of times you got to build true. that in. So. That's pretty good. You know, as you start yeah, to look at some of these. Yeah. The rotations
1: right too. Like, that, that's what, such a big thing. And we, you know, on the deep dive too, we, we talked a lot about, uh, well, we spoke with the, the head trader there from points, bat talked a lot about NBA coaching and stuff. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's for somebody like you who just pays so much, uh, you know, attention of uh, obviously more than I, like we were talking NBA top shot before we got in the air and Rick's naming off players and like, Oh, uh, Dude, who, who does he play for? Well, who, who is like who is that? And yeah, it was a, It turned out to be a Houston Rocket, so I I don't mm-hmm. feel as bad for not knowing who it was. But no, you know, s- someone who can really dig into not only like you know projecting but year after year some of these coaching tendencies of like mm-hmm. i could i could probably tell you what this coach is going to do with these rotations in the playoffs and you know after everybody's watched one game and perhaps uh, it worked out and you say well it worked out they won the game he's likely not going to make big adjustments and then everybody knows like all right that's what the playoff rotation is going to look like for game two but if you can kind of get ahead of that you can have a nice sized edge on some of these mm-hmm. on some of these player props just like anything else if you, if you get ahead of the market, even in sides, totals, anything like that, derivatives, uh, I I would think, and and is that something you're seeing? Are you seeing a bigger edge towards the beginning of series where you think you, uh, you know, maybe you have a thesis on how these rotations are going to go?
2: Yeah, I I think that, I think that's a big thing. So as an example of that, yesterday, I had Lonnie Walker under 12 and a half points for the Spurs, and I thought part of that was because uh, just a big part of that, as you mentioned with the coaching stuff is. Pop doesn't trust him, and it's been one of those things where he's gotten more leeway since Derek White got hurt, so there's just straight not as many guys that can replace him in the lineup on a day where he's not going well, but when it comes to the playoffs, Pop loves himself some Patty Mills, so I figured if the Spurs got off to a bad start, Pop likes to take timeouts early. He'll make early adjustments. Usually the guy that he takes out in those situations is Lonnie Walker. So I figured, I thought Memphis was going to win the game. So the fact that I thought they were going to win the game, and mind you, I didn't think necessarily they were going to start out as well as they did, that Lonnie Walker's minutes might be down and also his individual usage because DeJounte Murray had a decent matchup. There were other decent matchups that they had out there. Obviously, DeRozan was going to get his, that it worked out that Patty Mill closed and Patty Mills also came in earlier in the first because they got off to a bad start.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's one of those things, you know, you probably should. Did you play any Patty Mills over or just the um, Lonnie Walker under? Because it sounds like you also kind of like that and based on that narrative, but you went the other direction.
2: Yeah, I just played the Lonnie Walker under uh, just because I was I thought DeJounte Murray had a chance at a pretty good at a pretty big game. So I figured Patty Mills would get his to a point, but I didn't feel comfortable enough to play his over necessarily. <laughs>
1: That's kind of interesting, too, when you when you're looking at something, again, like a thesis or you know how you feel the the minutes will go for two different players who are offered up does that does that kind of scare you as far as like, I'd be doubling down. Like I'd just be doubling my exposure. If I'm wrong, I'm likely, you know, the correlation between some of these, like, is there, you know, I I have to look at which one of these is more likely if I'm partway wrong, because if I'm, if I'm all the way wrong, these are both dead in the water. If I, if I say this guy's getting more minutes than the other guy, I'm going to play his over the other guy's under. If it goes wrong, you're, you're in bad shape. So like, how do you make those decisions too, as far as, you know, some, some correlated ones like that, when you're not, comfortable getting a big exposure on multiple props
2: yeah i I tend to be a little more conservative when it comes to that if i feel stronger about like lonnie walker under versus patty mills over i'll usually play just the one uh i i get enough volume to where i feel like i'm making up some of that difference for the times that it does come through positively uh but yeah it just it just all depends obviously on, on the value of the prop as well i mean Especially shopping book to book, you can get such variance in terms of the juice. They all might be like Lonnie Walker under 12 and a half points, but I've seen so in Illinois, I, you know, we have points bet, DK, and FanDuel. So I'll look at all three of those. And I mean, I've seen at one of them, it be one of them be plus money, one of them be about minus 115, and one of them be about like minus 108. And I'm just, I'm just kind of shocked. So it's always, you know, a big thing is, especially in props, I feel like more than anything else, you have to shop around and have the ability to go to multiple places.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's get into some specific angles for tonight. This is a tough game for me, the Pacers versus the Wizards. The Pacers are underdogs based on the way they look last night and what I think Sabonis should be able to do from a matchup perspective. I keep talking myself into the Pacers and then reminding myself that it's the Pacers. How do you see this game kind of playing out? Do you have any player prop angles? And uh, is there anything that you've actually been already?
2: Yeah, it's funny because the way you describe the Pacers, I've literally done that with both of these teams like all year. It feels like they're both the teams where it's like, well, if you look at this, what they're them. So uh, one thing that I think is interesting is, uh, and not shocking, mind you, in the three games these teams played, they averaged 114 possessions, which is asinine. And yeah, it's the playoffs, so it'll probably come down a little bit, but I don't think it's going to come down that much. So, seeing the total still working down is interesting to me. Last I checked, I saw 237. Yeah. I, if it keeps going this way, I'm just going to let that. I'm just going to wait as long as I can and the first time I see it start to tick up a little bit, I'll probably end up betting the over. Uh prop-wise, when you talk about the correlated ones, I'm starting to think about uh Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday really similarly because I mean f- everybody should find someone that loves them as much as Nate Bjorkgren loves TJ McConnell. So, I would not be shocked with two small backcourts if there are times where especially McD- with McDermott if he is comes out for McConnell for more minutes than we might expect because of playing because of Washington playing Westbrook, Neto and Beal. And you need to keep Holiday out there just to have someone that can be a competent defender on Bradley Beal at whatever percentage he's at tonight. So I think the minutes are going to go to Holiday over McDermott. So even though McDermott has been over 17 and a half points in four of his last five, I kind of like McDermott's under 17 and a half points. I haven't bet it as of yet, but I'm leaning towards that and I may also play Justin holiday over 11 and a half threes. I'm also looking at maybe his or 11 and a half points. Also looking at his over two and a half threes as a a possibility there. Yeah. That that might even be hard for stuff, but those are the ones that I'm looking at most right now, possibly Rui Hachimura as well, because Indiana loves giving up points to power forwards. Really, both of these teams like giving up points to power forwards. So between O'Shea Brissett and Ruby Hachimura, I think there might be some opportunity there, but I haven't fully fleshed it out. And I'm avoiding the Washington center thing as a rule now. Like, I understand it's tempting to play Alex Lem because he went over even in limited minutes last game, but... Three and a half but yeah between him and <laughs> it's it's so dumb between him and Gafford and Lopez and like you could tell they want to play Gafford more but Gafford is so good at getting in foul trouble it's kind of impressive that they just can't you can't trust him for that many minutes so i think that's why a lot of times you don't ever see Daniel Gafford props even though i bet he ends up with the most minutes of any of those guys
0: yeah, I like what you said about McDermott, the unders there. And it was good to hear you say you're going to play the holiday overs because my assumption was, you know, given what you said about the defense, maybe he'll be kind of focused on that. But I agree. I think there'll be some good opportunities. I love what you said about Hachimura. That's just a great matchup for him. There's not really anybody on that Pacers team, especially as they're playing Betase more and, and players like that. I mean, he, he can yeah. just basically do whatever he wants on that end of the floor. So you know, we know Beal is not a hundred percent healthy. Westbrook is uh, hopefully going to pass the ball quite a bit. So I like that Moore look too. I think I'm going to join you on that one.
1: Well, that, that was my other prop. Uh, shout out Lockie for t- the the Beal probability of like not playing that much. Remember that? I had some Beal under. I, I don't think I've lost an NBA prop this year. I think I'm uh 4-0 and they were all in the same day. So there we mm-hmm. go. I'm excited. And I, I'm looking to. I'm just completely skipping over the Warriors winning on Friday. Like have you have you started prep for some of the series that you know are already going to ha- you know the ones that are already lined up the mm-hmm. the normal the normalcy of the NBA where it's like all right the two you know the the three plays the sixth all this and we have Mavs Clippers Heats, Bucks Celtics Nets Bud, Nuggets and Blazers on Saturday I mean not only props but have you gotten involved in any of the futures on series price series handicap series totals uh, to win the conference or anything like that.
2: I have, I have. Let's see. From earlier in the year, I've got Sixers to win the East. I've got that one already there. I have a Clippers to win the West. I had a, a Nuggets to win the title from before <laughs> Jamal Murray got hurt. You know, it yeah, was. What are you I, do? Yeah, exactly. I did it on on deadline day, like before before the trade was made for Aaron Gordon. I forget what the number is now because I just kind of you know out of sight, out of mind. A beautiful number. You it all oh, well. it was a great number. I mean, I already I have a Jokic thirty six to one ticket, so I am thankful for that. Yes, you got that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't it, wait for that. We need the yeah. awards night and all this Joe Ingles nonsense to settle down.
2: Yeah, can, can we? The, can, well, let's I got get in. in
0: that award. Come on.
2: I think he's going to win the award, but I got in on an Ingles ad. I forget if it was five to one or seven to one. I've got it well, written at least down somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I have some angles too. Now, <laughs> yeah,
1: you're you're out at Clark's. Ah, <laughs> so they were hanging a rogue number when everybody had moved. in. Yeah. I got one. Yeah, that also, was a good grab. I, guys, I just good.
2: I just love angles too. Like I I try to be very good about like taking emotion out of it, and more often than not, I'm really good about it. But like. Ingalls is good. Good thing Boban is not that good and doesn't ever get up for awards because Boban's one of my dudes. Uh, so that's just so, but one series price that, that I like, but I haven't bet yet that I know Alex, we disagree on. I, I do like Denver last I saw minus one Oh five. So it's just a matter of, do you trust? Where do you think the matchup is going to matter more? Portland having the advantage in the guards or the front court for Denver? And what I'm interested in is how does Portland want to defend Michael Porter Jr.? Do they want to say, hey, Norm Powell, go try and do whatever you can do when, you know, he's what, an average defender? If we want to say that, maybe a best, but he's just too short to try and guard Michael Porter Jr. I almost wonder if they'd be better off throwing him on Aaron Gordon and having uh, Robert Covington on Porter but then at that point I I agree that's what they should do but the thing is what made their defense so good towards the end of the year at least part of it was the fact that Covington was able to roam more he was able to do what he did in Houston and be able to be that kind of weak side rim protector and almost like a like a LeBron light in terms of role on defense where he's more playing center field so if he's in a one-on-one matchup against Michael Porter Jr. the entire time how what's the trickle-down effect to the rest of the Portland defense and I mean, obviously you have the two best clutch players in the league this year. In this series, and obviously, it's going to be a massive advantage for Portland with what probably either Monte Morris or Faku Camposo starting at point guard with Austin Rivers next to them. And then, you know, like Will Barton's not a good defender, but he can at least help Denver offensively as to give them another option when he, if when or if he comes back. So it's more of a feel thing. Like, I completely understand you taking Portland. I'm not really going to have too much against it, but I guess it's more just. Trust in the front court of Denver versus the uh, little more than the back court of Portland, which sucks because I love Dame so much.
0: Yeah, I think the guards take the day there, and I think that uh, Nurkic is going to do better against Jokic, and maybe people give him credit. But
2: you guys, mm-hmm. you guys disagree on a
1: lot of stuff. Like we should have had a. Should have had one of the you know like a Skip and Stephen A thing where you scream at each other a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alex is on the other side of that next too. And I, I, yeah, next time we can do that. So, well, this yeah, this is solid. We don't talk props a lot, and we should we should do that in the in the playoffs. Like I enjoy it not only this but like every sport. I used to play uh, baseball home run props just for fun. Like the what's what's the one in football we always do. Oh, first touchdown score! No, first touchdown like score! That, that, yeah. thats like crack. I love that. So, mm-hmm. no props. Props are way more fun for me than betting the actual NBA. So, I think that's probably how I'm going to pr- approach the playoffs. So, yeah, we well, thank you for joining us today, Rick. And uh, where can people find
2: your stuff? Uh, my written work is on Four for Four. So, get a subscription there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rick C Camp, C A M uh, R I C K C C A M P. So. I I wouldn't have spelled it out, but for the first time in forever, I actually had someone, I had a, uh, I don't drink coffee, so it wasn't a barista, but it was the person at Chick-fil-A got my name wrong on my slip. So I was almost proud of that because I have such a simple name. They, they put brick like, okay, (laughs) so I, yeah, so I, yeah. So, and then the best part was me putting on Twitter and getting all the brick gifts which was just fantastic because that movie is uh, Anchorman so good. But yeah, the so that of mayonnaise of a toaster. Yeah. Oh. Anything mayonnaise with me, I'm out. Just out on mayonnaise in general. That's a whole nother thing. And that would be a whole different podcast. Uh, so you can find the I'm fat podcast searching on all your uh, podcast platforms. I'm also giving picks every night on you better. You bet uh, on the Odyssey on the Beck audio network for Odyssey. So check that out as well. And I've been going to be doing some videos for four for four coming up for uh, underdog fantasy stuff. So I'm busy. It's a good thing.
1: Yeah, lots nice. of stuff, and yeah, and it's cool that the NBA playoffs take like two and a half months, so you'll be very busy. It'll yeah. take you all almost all the way to football. So uh, again, yeah, we thank you for joining us today, Rick, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody else who's interested in that sort of stuff, obviously go check him out. It sounds like it's not going to be hard. You throw a rock, you're going to hit something. Rick's done, so go out there <laughs> and gambling Twitter and find his stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have him back again. Like I said, we have two and a half months of playoffs here to talk about. So thanks a lot, Rick.
2: Thank you. See ya.
1: Yeah, we both clicked on him. Um, Not not a lot of picks today. I got if you want, just go on my Twitter. Like, I have some golf matchups I played. Some of them don't start yet. I think Finau or Fitzpatrick. I'm not sure where the numbers that sit sit right now. I need uh, need Harris English to play bad. Um, He's over par, which is helping. I have him in a couple matchups. So hopefully some things start turning my way. Uh, Usti played well early not so much of late and it looks like Schwartzel's even. So I need some help from some of these South Africans to start life. But uh, you had one thing and I will say too, you had your, uh, you had your pick for uh, Belgrade got pushed out. It's been raining in all these tennis tournaments. So uh, Potaroska, maybe tonight, I don't know if it stops raining, they might play that match. Probably, That's, not. Uh, probably not. And that number is moved to like, don't, Don't bet it at the current prices. So you had one series that you wanted to touch on quick before we go. Yeah,
0: this number opened just as we were starting the show. I've been waiting all night for this. The Phoenix Suns are hosting the Los Angeles Lakers, who we saw last night beat the Golden State Warriors, and they're plus 190. I I really don't understand what this number is. Um, This is just, I guess they assume they're going to get a ton of Lakers support. LeBron James, I think, played a very good game last night. I think that he probably played a better game than maybe, you know, some people saw. There wasn't really a ton of highlight plays for him before, you know, that late three at the end, but just a really solid game for him. I didn't really like the way Anthony Davis looked and the guards and, and some of the things they did. I mean, with Truman on the floor, oh my God, those were just some terrible minutes. So I think the Lakers are a lot more beatable than this line indicates. I just this really kind of boggles my mind. I would have the Lakers favorite in this series, to be perfectly clear, but Maybe in the minus one fifty range. Suns somewhere right around plus one twenty five. If I'm charging juice as a book or something like that, this is concerning. So. I went and played this. I think the Suns have a really great chance here. There should be fresh. It's a team with a lot of guards, which has, are should be able to give the Lakers trouble. They have a few bigs that should be able to hopefully stick with Anthony Davis and slow things down there. Um, Bridges is somebody that can do an okay job on LeBron James. I just think the matchup lines up nicely here, and there's just too much support in the market for the, for a Lakers team that looked very, very beatable last night and towards the end of the season. So Suns plus 190 would play this down to probably plus 175.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right. It's probably just like, we don't want Lakers exposure. If you want to bet on the Lakers, you're going to pay for it. I, I, I'm guessing they're not expecting a lot of people to lump in on the sums, and that's where Alex swoops in and gets a pretty goddamn good number. Because plus Because 190 feels pretty good for uh, basically how we projected this to go out. So.
0: The number two seed in the West, plus 190 in round one.
1: Yeah, it is, it is like I said, with the uh, play-in game being weird, this is also super weird having this sort of a uh, matchup in a 2-7 so here we go. Suns plus 190. You have the Blazers minus a game and a half. I played some Blazers. I played some Blazers minus one and a half. We'll talk. Uh, we'll maybe do like a roundup of all the series because they start, uh, they do start up on Saturday and Sunday. We'll, we'll do a roundup on those tomorrow. And, again, if you enjoyed this, even if you didn't, just fake it. Give me a thumbs up. I would love that. Uh, thanks to the sponsor, WinBet. Check out the links in the pinned tweet. And appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. And we will be back tomorrow for a Friday blowout. See you then.